Father's Day, Darren's going to come on up. And for better or for worse, we're going to answer everything you threw at us. Happy Father's Day, Pastor. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Darren. Thanks for joining us. Mitch is in Redverse, so we didn't completely abandon Redverse. No, no, they're looking after things. I, yard games for, I remember Father's Day, one of the best yard games was lawn darts. Nothing like getting a bunch of men sharp objects <laughs> to throw at each other. So I hope those are in there. You can't buy pointy lawn darts anymore. Oh, that's too bad, because that was so much fun. Okay, this is completely off topic. It's kind of mixed with what we were saying. So the last time I played lawn darts with the pointy ones, uh, my brother and his buddy thought it'd be really fun to spin around in circles really fast and throw them as high as they could with their eyes closed. And uh, we were camping at the time, so they spun through the lawn dart and back through through the back window of the car went oh. the lawn dart. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was the end of that game. So uh, we haven't played lawn darts Still kind of sounds fun to me. <laughs> as long as it's not your car, right? That's right. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've got some of the questions this morning up on the screen. Uh, so Darren and I will see them in the back. You will see them up there. Everyone online, they will pop up. Uh, I started off with some light, easy ones to okay. get things going. Uh, and then we will move into some of the heavier ones. Like I said, if you guys want to send in some more questions, um, we can always pull up this, the question, the, that screen again so that you can have the page. I'm just going to open up the messenger on my phone so that we are ready for any impromptu ones that may make the, of course, there's one. See? Never fails. The last one. Uh -huh. Well, it's fair that you get one that you haven't pre-read and pre-prepared for. True. So that's true. That's true. That's only fair, right? Okay. So, first question. What is your favorite dad joke? We just discussed this yesterday. <laughs> uh, in our little contest, go check out the video, by the way. When we were advertising for Father's Day a couple years ago, yep. we, uh, we did a dad joke contest. And my favorite joke came is made the cut. And that was uh, something to do with a colorless chameleon and i won't go into the joke right now but that was my favorite joke and it kind of cracked him up big time on the video yeah that so was i think you want to know what it actually. is go check out the video and go see we stopped the video after that actually because yep. i think that was the one that i was done i couldn't he, stop laughing he was losing it so yeah probably shouldn't should we i i remember the joke but i it's fine the joke it's just it's a little it's, perception could be go watch the video yes it's still our most watch watched video. video on facebook so go check it out bump those views up a little bit more maybe somebody will i was gonna actually redo it at yeah. at the cameron's at men's night and then we just were having so much fun hanging out that i just didn't want to disrupt it yeah. but exactly i had every good. intention to see if someone could dethrone the king oh well it was really bad it maybe speaks to me as a father i don't know if i can tell you this my daughter saw the video, and she goes, well, no wonder you won, Dad. You're, you never laugh. I'm like, really? <laughs> I didn't realize that. I always thought I was quite jovial, but apparently not to her. Apparently you so. have no sense of humor. Kids say the darndest things, oh, don't yeah. they? Yeah, just... she, she loves to poke it in. Okay, uh, what is one of the funniest things that has ever happened to you as a dad? Um, My wife is laughing, so that's a problem. <laughs> Well, this is long before I was a Christian, just so you know. <laughs> one of my favorite things was we one day decided to go out for coffee at the Skyline, anyone who's old enough to remember the Skyline, Sunday morning. And we go out, and uh, my child had discovered a new word. 
<laughs> and as we're walking in and all the church folk were coming out, they, my son decided to share his new word with everyone as loudly as he can, as many times as he can, as we walked into the coffee room. And of course, I didn't want to make a big deal of it because it would just encourage it more. But yeah, that was, uh, I don't know if it was funny for me, but everyone else seemed to laugh a lot at him, so. <laughs> I was just trying to think. I think there's such a swarm of them, and I've just suppressed them, because I tend to put my foot in my mouth on a regular basis. Um, I, can't, I can't actually think of a funny thing that has happened to me as a dad. I don't know. I'm looking for cues here. I know, there's <laughs> lots of them, but I can't, I don't know, I have to come back to that. I, I honestly can't come up with anything. I saw the questions, I didn't think about them, so I don't. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, un, I'm unprepared, and I better stop hitting my mic or someone's going to yell at me. Yeah, um, then we'll come back here. Okay, uh, both of you share a treasured memory of you and your dad. Go ahead. Okay, um, shoot, I did think about this one, and now I forget everything that I thought about. Um, oh, treasured memory of me and my dad. Uh, so my, my dad and I actually went on a Mexico mission trip together. Uh, it was the first one when, after I got hired as youth pastor here, uh, dad and I went down and we served and we went fishing and it was a really cool thing to share with my dad. Um, my mom really felt like she missed out. Uh, they've talked about going on one of the trips later on because of how awesome the experience was, but that was a really good bonding experience for me and my dad. I'd been away for college for, well, for four years and I'd been here for a couple years. And so it was just a cool time for Dad and I to reconnect and share in our love of Jesus with everyone. And yeah, that was a good, that was a good memory. Okay, mine isn't quite as spiritual. As <laughs> but Dad took me to work one day. My dad was a heavy-duty mechanic for Steelman Gas. So he worked on motors the size of the overflow. And he would walk into a building and he would do all the things the mechanic does, but on this very large scale. So I thought, it was, as a kid, it was really cool to go to... To work with dad and one day we're out at Nottingham gas plant and they run everything off propane there so dad showed me a little trick Nottingham um, underneath the motor there was kind of a pit and it was filled with salamanders so they would be wandering all over so dad showed me a little trick with the propane that if you shoot a salamander with propane they freeze instantly and then if you just let them sit they'll wake up and keep going. And I thought this was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and like, like my dad was slightly a hero at that point in time. Then he showed me that if you hit him with a hammer, they shatter. That was even cooler, so a little mean, but dad and I bonding at work was pretty cool. <laughs> I wonder what other animals that works with. Probably shouldn't get into that, maybe. That's probably not a good Sunday morning. Mom was not too thrilled with him letting me play with propane, so we didn't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had one week left to live, how would you spend your last days? Ooh. 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 It's interesting because I've often thought about that just with everything that's going on in the world right now. It could be any of us last week, and how are we living as, as we go through? I mean, I hope, I, I fail miserably lots of times, and don't live the life that I think I should live if I thought it was my last days, but um, 
for me, there's been so many people in my life that I would love to reconnect with and, and talk to and, and forgive and apologize and do all this stuff that it would be so nice if you knew, but you don't, you don't get it, so just go ahead and keep doing that. Like connect with people, ask for forgiveness, apologize, pray for them, live in the, be in their lives. Do you got a week left? Or 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, it doesn't matter, just be in relationships. Yeah, I'd, I'd go on to that is so much of scripture talks about just live today, right? Make the most of today because we so often get stuck planning five, ten years down the road and we, you know, well, we'll get to it when I, you know, the famous, I, I'll get to that when I grow up, I'll get to that when I have kids, I'll get to that when I uh, retire, I'll get, you know, I'll get to that, I'll get to that, I'll get to that. And so often we forget that God asks us to live as if we're not, there is no going to be tomorrow to get to it. You better just do it today. And so this is a tricky question because I, I would agree with Darren. I don't do this well. I know what scripture talks about it. I know that this is how we're supposed to live. And yet so often get to the end of my day, I'm like, well, I successfully wasted 24 hours. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, I would, I would agree. I think in so many ways, I think I would just make every effort to connect with so many people that I've lost touch with make amends with people that would be the big one that i would just not want any outstanding bitterness or unforgiveness in any situation that i'm aware of obviously we can't address everything but uh yeah store up treasury we're in heaven right right well and christ had three years of ministry and look what he did yeah and he knew he knew when his last day was coming mm-hmm What is a fall? I think the nice jovial ones are over. I think uh -huh. now we're getting into the big yeah, ones. The, yeah, definitely. What is a father? I was thinking about this actually. Um, I read a book recently called Ten Things Great Dads Do. And one of the things it says is that they a good dad treats all the kids that come through their door as if it's their kid. Because we live in a day that so often their dads are not sticking around, right? And I think this is a really cool question because there's a big difference between being a dad and being a father. Because you can, it doesn't take much to be a dad, right? One, anyways, one act makes you a dad. But to be a father is intentional. Being a father is uh, investing in kids. Being a father is someone, and so many people um, talk about how they didn't have a dad growing up, but they recognize the father figure in their life that took the time taught them skills, gave them life lessons, and set them up to succeed and become the people that they become. So, uh, yeah, big difference between a dad and a father. Well, jumping off of that, my, what is a father? A father is a guy who worries. A father is a guy who makes mistakes. A father is a guy who tries to teach. A father is a guy who spends hours wondering what his kids are doing. A father is someone who never feels adequate because we have a perfect example of, of what a father is. And so all of those things, if, you, if you're a father, all those things have happened in your life and all, all those things are the things that you spend nights worrying that you haven't taught, you haven't prepared, you haven't, well, you never prepared, but you've never prepared your children. You, 
my dad had lots of father rules. This is what it means to be a father. And it's providing. It is being there for them. It is being the guy to, that you get called when your child's in trouble. He's the, you should be the first one he thinks about. Mm-hmm. Come bail him out. And so being a father is all the good things, but it is all the responsibility, too, mm-hmm. that you worry about. I was thinking about this, and the next, so the next question is, who is a father? So I think those two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, I was just watching a movie. I won't tell you the title of the movie in case you haven't seen it yet. If you've seen it, you're going to recognize exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but the whole movie is about these two sons who have this opportunity to reconnect with their dad who's passed away. And all along, they're, you know, they're having this adventure. They're going through. And the, one, the younger son has never actually met his father. The older one has met him, has a couple memories. The younger one doesn't. And the younger one's a list maker. Not someone I relate to very well. I am not a list person, but this guy's got a list. He's got a checkbox. And partway through the movie, he sits down. It looks like they're not going to be able to reconnect with their dad. And he's going through the list, and he starts stroking off things that he's never going to get to do because the opportunity is missed. And he realizes that every single one of those things he has done with his older brother. And then he pauses, and he continues to remember all the things and it com- he comes to realize that, yeah, he may not have had his biological dad, but his older brother who filled every single one of those gaps for him. And uh, it's a really cool, uh, yeah, it's a good movie. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I highly, I hope you stumble upon it one day and be like, ah, that's what Matt was talking about. But um, who is, yeah, anyways. Well, and for me, like one of the things when we were preparing for this is, I'm sitting up here going, you know what? In one way, I want my children to see this. And yet another way, I don't. Because it's like, what if they don't agree with stuff I say? Mm. That I didn't actually live out the life that I am talking about now. Right. And I can guarantee you, I probably haven't. And so being a father is about doing the best you can. But there's no, there's no job description. There is no <laughs> rules or regulations. There is no training for this job whatsoever. There is no manual. Except for the one big book. Right, and yes, yes. I didn't have that all of my life. So, mm. yeah, there's regret, too. Yeah. And the big thing is, the guys, our kids are so individual that they need individual manuals. Right? You cannot cookie-cutter our kids. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's one of the very first failures a father figures out is treating them the same is so wrong. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, as a father, what is the one legacy thing you want to leave each of your children? Legacy thing. Hmm. Okay. Well, for me, <laughs> Matt and I have talked about this before because I came to faith so late in life. I would love to leave my legacy of my children knowing Christ, but I don't have that. I can't crawl back the years of when they were small. And so one of the things I have to do, I feel a responsibility, is to show my kids through my life what it means to be in a relationship with Christ. Now, I don't know if they're going to get that message or not. I can only pray that God helps me out because I have a lot of years where I didn't have the chance to introduce them. Mm -hmm. So... 
my legacy thing is for them to find Christ in all of this, even with the fact that I didn't give them the start that I would have given them now. Yeah. I think the thing that pops in my brain when I think of legacy is, <clears throat> so a couple of years ago, um, Michelle's grandpa passed away and all of the kids found his Bible and found his dad's Bible. And now that Bible is like encased in glass and everybody wants to see it. Everybody wants to, can't hold it because it might like disintegrate into dust. It's getting so old. But everyone just swarmed that thing to see what were the verses that he marked? What were the, uh, the tracks that he kept? What, what, what were the notes he made? What was so important? Because this is not, you know, he didn't have 40 Bibles that collect dust on the shelf. He had this Bible, right? And, and I think that, but a Bible is just a representation of the way he lived and the, the faith that he had. And that's the real legacy because all of his kids are following the Lord in some capacity now. Mm-hmm. And so that is, that's his legacy and that's his wife's legacy. And, and I think that is, yeah, kind of like you said, that's the legacy I want to leave. Um, that, you know, as I mark up my Bible, it's not just marking it up for what I want to say I want my kids to open it up one day and read the notes and read the, you know, why is everything in different colors and, did, you know, did dad, why is dad so, like, color dysfunctional in his Bible and, you know, ask all those questions and I think, because nothing else lasts, nothing else is worth leaving behind for our kids, right? Money that can get spent, property gets destroyed, but this is the one lasting thing I can leave my kids that will endure for eternity well and it's interesting having grown children because mm. i get to see them the people my children have started to become i mean they'll change as it goes on but there's there's stuff in the legacy that is there already you yeah. see it in your adult children you see the people they become you hear yourself back every once in a while from <laughs> them you go okay that was a good one i'm glad that one stuck <laughs> um, but I mean, there's lots of things that you want your ch- want for your children: happiness, uh, prosperity, all of those things you want for your children. But the one thing that actually mar- matters is the legacy of their character, the legacy of their relationship with Christ, and the legacy that they are able to pass on to their children. And hopefully, you had a hand in it. Yeah, I think the. Thing. It's, it's interesting because when we did the we did small group, we did that Kazone, the vision for your life study. And one of the things that it's from something that Craig Rochelle wrote, and he starts the book by saying, actually, instead of talking about today, let's look at like the end of your life. Mm-hmm. I want you to picture your tombstone, and I want you to envision, if you got to choose what was written on your tombstone, what would you want written there? And then the challenge was, that doesn't have to be done accidentally. You can actually live your life on purpose so that that thing, that legacy thing is written there. And so even for as we talk, think about our kids and think about that kind of thing is, are we just going to hope that these things happen by accident? Or are we going to start making changes that need to be made? Or are we going to start being more intentional with the thing, the opportunities and the time that we have so that this legacy thing can get drilled in? And yeah, it's interesting. Previous life previous job <laughs> you mentioned headstone one of my favorite ones was i told you i was sick that was on the headstone that was on the headstone wow 
And I'm like, wow. wow. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that obviously, but it spoke. <laughs> he had humor, and he lived his life with humor. So, you know what? It was shocking at the moment, but um, it was one of those things. And those are the things that we, we have to look to our children and see our legacy form, right? Yeah. Do they have humor? Do they have compassion? Do they have all of that stuff? If you don't think you have impact in their lives, then you're missing out on your legacy because you have to pour into those kids because you will see the benefit mm -hmm. down the road and they will feel through their lives. Like and I said, it's our responsibility as fathers when we talk about passing a legacy on, it's passing characters, characteristics of the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. I could park on this. I, there's more I want to say, but there's more questions. We got to keep moving. So, uh, how does a father measure whether or not he has been successful as a father? Okay, so I will I will approach this as the idealistic. My kids aren't grown yet, and just be like, "This is what I hope for." And you can be the other side because you're there. Um, I, the thing I I thought about when I, when I saw it as this is if. I think a father can measure success is if he gets to the end of his day, he gets to the end of the year, and he can hold his head up high with the time that he spent and the things that he did, and he, he followed the instruction, right? Solomon talks about how train a kid up in the way he should go and he won't abandon it. Um, and I think we, we read those kinds of verses as dads saying, train your kids, instill the word of God into your kids, do everything that you, and if they don't turn out perfect, we've dropped the ball in some capacity because but we forget we either forget that our kids aren't little drones little robots that we just program and they just stay perfect all their life they've got free will they're gonna do what they're gonna do but on the other end of things we forget that Solomon who wrote Proverbs in this great idealistic you do everything right life's always gonna turn out for you it's the same guy who wrote Ecclesiastes which is everything is in vain we should just give up <laughs> yep what yeah, there's, so there's wisdom and there is, there, there's the goal. Proverbs is here's the goal, do everything right, here's the ideal. And as dads, I think we should strive for the ideal. We should strive to raise up our kids to the best of our ability and be proud of how we've been involved in the process. Key point for some dads nowadays, get off the bloody phone. Honestly, get off the bloody phone and get involved with your kids. But because it, your kids are going to turn out the way they're going to turn out based on their free will. They're going to make their own decisions. But have you given them every single opportunity to make right decisions, to live the life that God has called them to live? Have you been involved enough that you can say, I did everything I can. And yeah, they're making decisions that maybe I'm not fond of. But I don't know, like I said, there's the idealistic answer. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, I think your definition of the two letters definitely being father that's fatherhood in a nutshell you want this so this is what happens and it doesn't matter um i think being a successful father is seeing your children as the people they become you know what the worst thing you can do as a father is say my kids won't or my kids will because a child will prove you wrong almost 100 percent of the time <laughs> so that's one thing that I've learned as they grow older. But you want 
for me, success is, is the demonstration of what their life is. If they are living, if they're kind, compassionate, thoughtful, concerned about others in the world, then, then those are things that are part of your success as a father. Trust me when you look at your life or you have them tell you back about what you did, mm-hmm. you'll see your failures as well. But as a father, own them. Correct them if you can. Apologize for sure for them because I know myself, I can remember being the righteous 17-year-old guy who was never going to do a single thing my father did because he was 100% wrong. Then I realized every bit of legacy I wanted to pass on to my children had roots from my father. That guy that when I was 17 years old didn't know a thing who was a man of his frailties. That's all I could see. And yet, the strength carried through all of that and is in my my children and hopefully my grandchildren. So, you know what? We're not perfect. We're human. There is going to be things that happen with your children down the road that you had better put your pride away and apologize for but know when they become adults, there are things that you never thought you put into them that they will hold on to like treasures. Yeah. And it's kind of like what, for me, it's what Christ did for us. It's that treasure that he instilled in us that we have to hold on to. I mean, as, as the children, we're going to make mistakes. And oof, we have done a great job as far as our, our father being our father. So when you are actually a parent of children, you have to actually do all the things that fathers, that our father did, the forgiveness. And trust me, there's lots of things in your child's going to do that you're going to want them to ask for forgiveness for. But there's lots of things you have to do yourself. But you have patience and hope and love beyond all. That's, the, that's what I think a successful father is. I think the other thing is, you know, you bring up coming to our Heavenly Father. So many of what God tells us, when God tells us to do something, it's because he is asking us to imitate him, right? So God calls us to be holy because he is holy. God calls us to be loving because God is the very definition of love. And it, that should be one of the goals for us as dads, right? So here, so throw myself under the bus a little bit. There's nothing like tell, yelling at my kids to stop yelling at each other, right? Like, I, and Ari and I get into this all the time. I will just scream at her to stop screaming at her sister. Wait a second. That's counterintuitive. I wonder where she got the yelling ability from. Um, so, like, it, it's one thing to have these goals for our kids, but are, they, are your kids seeing it in you so they can have a person to imitate? You know, Paul says it. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so, are we being imitatable is that a word probably not i made it up (laughs) i have the mic i can do that um but are we being people that can be imitated and um because as much as we want our kids to pick up all of our good traits 99 percent of the time (laughs) they're going to grab our bad ones Mm -hmm. and uh, it's going to drive us crazy but you want to see i think someone (laughs) 
Someone, no, I won't, I won't go there. Anyways, we're good. <laughs> well, and part of the legacy side of things is I grew up from a different generation. You talk about stop yelling. It's like, stop hitting your brother. <laughs> <laughs> so our legacy is, is changing. Yeah, it is changing. That's the generation I grew up from. My mom could swing from the front seat to the back seat like nobody's business, and accurate beyond belief, without looking. So, yes, it's that's said in humor, but honestly, we're growing. We're changing as men. Yeah. The man my father was and the man my grandfather was isn't acceptable now, but they still loved, they still yep. disciplined, they still taught, did all those things. But generationally, if my grandchildren had to deal with what my grandfather put my father through, I wouldn't want that in right. some of the aspects. But there's so many things I want from my grandfather to reach my grandchildren. Yeah. Because he was a man of faith and he he held his faith in such high esteem. And through three generations that ebbed and waved. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of things that have changed generationally, but Yeah. Um oh the red numbers have appeared on our confidence monitor. Oh, look we at that already. Time. Look at that. Um I'm going to call an audible. We're not going to close with worship. We're just going to keep answering questions because I'm having fun. Does that sound good, everybody? Can you just want us to keep going or you want the worship team to come back? The worship team's nodding like, yes, you guys stay up there. <laughs> okay, we can do that. Uh, both of you name a Bible character who was a great father other than our Heavenly Father and his characteristics that make him great. Ooh. Ooh. This is one of the ones you didn't let me prepare for. So. This is one of the ones that I kind of glanced over. Uh, I can come up with a bunch of names of bad dads. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here. I, um, uh, okay, I, I, I will go. Um, and I say this in light of all of his many errors because nobody's perfect. Uh, Solomon was a good one. Solomon took the time to write this entire book at the height of his wisdom, right? When Solomon was approached by God, what do you want? He could have asked for riches. He could have asked for his enemies to be destroyed. He could have asked for success. He could have asked for anything. And because of the training of his dad, who I guess would be another great one, and in light of all of David's mistakes, um, Solomon asked for wisdom. And God gave it to him in spades. His, he was world-renowned for his wisdom. And at the height of it all, he wrote this book. And you read through Proverbs, it is not just this book of random wisdom. It is a father writing to his son saying, I take my instruction, hold on to it tight. And that, is, that took time. Like every one of those little Proverbs, every one of those little nuggets that he wrote in such a short way to make it easy to memorize, um, yeah, Solomon had his problems, and he probably had, well, he had like 300 wives, so I can only imagine how many kids he had. Um, that's yeah. problems. That's <laughs> so, but the guy wasn't perfect, but I think I, I would say. Well, and you take almost all the fathers in the Bible, either they're, they're laid out as the, ex, as the example of what not to do. Yeah. 
but there's very few that, I mean, the biblical men in the Bible were all fathers. And there's lots of times they weren't talked about. But again, we talk about legacy through what they carried through, what they taught. Yep. So they may not have been lauded in the Bible about what their characteristics were that made them a good father. But there are so many examples of men in faith who were good fathers. Yeah. Because you look at their legacy through the Bible and what their children did and yeah. that sort of thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> Tricky question. Oh, that's not really a Father's Day question. I'm going to skip that one because okay. we are officially over time. Um, okay, so we had more questions come in. Uh, you can keep them coming. Maybe we'll answer them throughout the week. Darren and I will take some time and answer more questions. Um, I'm just going to skip to the, there we go. Um, I wanted to close with this. So we got all the dads in service uh, Father's Day gift. Redverse guys, I apologize. Yours is safely sitting here at the Carlisle campus. Uh, everyone online, go get yourself something nice and one church got it for you. Okay? Okay. Um, we, got, we got all you guys something a little bit different. Uh, we got everyone uh, pocket knives. Um, they're not uh, labeled from one church or anything. They're just pocket knives. Uh, but I think it's a good reminder of how we can succeed as dads. Uh, God has given us this great opportunity to come together in faith. We are not meant to do our faith alone. And so often we try. Our culture encourages so much individualism, and it is so counter of what Christianity is. Christianity is designed to be lived in community, and the reality is, is that we have a lot of fathers in our community. Um, have they made mistakes? Sure. Most of the dads in service have made mistakes. I'm sure of it. Probably all of us have. Um, but all of us have experience, all of us have gifts, all of us have talents, and all of us have something that the rest of us need. And as we you know, go back to Solomon with the whole iron sharpens iron, we need each other. We need to be encouraged by each other. We need to find those traits in one another that we want to imitate, that we want to pass on to our kids, that we want to grow in. And we need to lean on each other. We need to allow each of the dads in our community to challenge us and push us to become better dads. And we're not going to do it on our own. And maybe we need just the dads to be praying for each other. Maybe we just, but maybe we need a coffee and say, hey, I see how your kids are excelling in this way, or I see how you are excelling in this way, and I want to pick your brain of how you got there. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't just happen overnight. You intentionally got there somehow. And so we need each other. Well, and for me, having grown children doesn't let my job of being a father figure right. stop. This world, there's so many kids in this world that don't have father figures, that don't have an example. Guess what? You're qualified. Get out there. Yep. Find those people. Find young adults. Find men one step below you. Maybe someone your age that just needs to be led. You don't get to retire from this job. No. There's always somebody who's further down the road than you that wants to invest in you or should want to invest in you. And there's always someone behind you that you need to invest in, right? It's the whole Paul and Timothy thing. Everybody needs a Paul 
to push us, to challenge us, to help us become all that God has called us to be. And he just needs a Timothy to pass on our things to, whether it's our own sons, our own kids, or just somebody who is just further down the road, not as far down the road of fatherhood as we are. Um, we need each other. And it's very countercultural to say that, but it's the truth. It's the reality of it. So, uh, so yeah, um, dads, don't leave without getting your Father's Day gift. If you are here and your husband is not here, you are more than welcome to grab one on the way out. I'm going to pray. Thank you to everyone who sent in some questions. Thank you to everyone who sent in more questions that we didn't get to. Um, we really appreciate Thanks, Darren, for coming over. And Thanks for the invite. Doing this. And, uh, yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for the opportunity to come and to share the collective wisdom Different perspectives, different upbringings, different, uh, but all aimed at becoming the godly fathers that you've called us to be. And so, God, I pray for every single dad, whether you're watching online, you're in-house, you're in Redverse, I just pray a blessing on you. God, I pray that you would encourage us to become the fathers that you have called us to be, that your word would come alive to mold us into the fathers that our kids need us to be. Because you are the good father. You have amazing plans for our kids. And we are the instrument that you have chosen to form our kids, to mold our kids, to become who you've called them to be. So God, help us to be moldable by you. Help us to follow your example, Father. Help us become the fathers that you have, that, we're, that we need to be. Not just for our kids, but for the kids in our church, the kids in our communities that maybe don't have fathers. Uh, just, God, may we not shy away from the opportunities to invest in the next generation so they can become all that you have called them to be. Uh, be with us as we go. Again, bless the fathers. May this be a special day for them. And uh, be with us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.